With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're tuned into DC's DFS Challenge with Dan Mader and Chris Pinto. Live on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome back, DC Nation. You're back for another Saturday night of lots of fun to win you guys some money here on the DC's DFS Challenge Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network at WWSRN. All sports that you buy, Belly Up Sports. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, joined here with Chris Dowhauer. Chris, how you doing? I haven't been able to talk to you at all this week. I know. It's been kind of crazy. It's been a crazy week, and I can't believe how cold I am right now here on the East Coast. This weather is ridiculous. I know. It's Memorial Day, and surprise, surprise, winter decided to make a little <laughs> bit of a return even though it's supposed to be the kickoff of summer, essentially. Yes, I'm very grumpy about that in my own right. And it's going to stay this way for the next couple of days, too. So it might be the entire Memorial Day weekend. But the one thing... Exactly. The one thing we had to look forward to is that we are in the middle of the NBA playoffs. We still have our free DC's DFS Challenge tournament going on every single week like we do. This is the last week to try to win and get eligible for May. Right now, Chris... You're eligible. You won last week. And we have J.J. Malecki, who actually won the first two weeks of May. So there's one more chance to try to get your name in a drawing for the May. And it is a free contest when the award will be a championship football from championshipfootballs.com by Mr. Chaz Florida, who will be on in the second half of today's show like he normally is. Talk about some sports bets going on. I believe this is the week he's actually uh, in Houston. If not, it's next week. But we'll talk to him in the second half of the show, see what he's up to and how he's doing. And we always know he's got a nice little tidbit for us, a nice little antidote for us. But, of course, throughout this show, we're going to go over our DraftKings lineup cards for you guys. we got four games tomorrow. Four games. All four games will be on there. So, actually, a little more of a roster choice than we had, I believe, last week. Because last week, I think it was less than that. So we'll see how this thing goes. We'll see if Chris can win again. But before we get into it, I want to give you guys a shout-out to our sponsor of this segment, which is Monkey Knife Fight. And it's a daily fantasy sports gaming website with a number of unique ways to win money on your favorite sports and players. It's a mix of daily fantasy props and prop games. Download the app to go to monkeyknifefight.com with the promo code BELLYUP. For a dollar-dollar match on your deposit of up to $100, that's potentially an instant $100 free dollars for you to play with today. Just use the promo code BELLYUP on monkeyknifefight.com or download the app as soon as you get the chance. All right, Chris. You know, before we get into your lineup, though, I actually want to get your observations so far 
on these playoffs. We had our first elimination happen earlier today. The Bucks swept Miami. Everybody else has at least one. Well, actually, I take that back. Uh, the Sixers are actually underway as this show is going on as we speak. So if they win, they'll be up 3-0. But everybody else has at least a 2-1 or 1-1 advantage right now. So what is your observations of these playoffs so far? Um, I mean, first of all, start off that Miami series. I thought Miami at least showed some kind of courage and some guts for that game. Yeah, no that heart. series. No heart. No heart series. at all. Yeah, no, I mean, that was disappointing. Tank, I say. Um, you know, we both thought that series would definitely go at least six or seven. Um, I, I'm shocked that they just basically didn't show up any of the games, and Milwaukee looks like a true contender right now. Um, and the other rest of the things I've kind of noticed is we had a lot of, you know, a lot of the underdogs started off well in the series, um, except for the you know, Nets-Boston series. Um, everybody else kind of stole a game or two at home. On, on, so I'm sorry, on the road. Um, and it's been kind of interesting to see teams trying to start battling back. The Lakers seem to find their stride a little bit against the Suns. Chris Paul injury is definitely a big key to that, I think. Yeah. Um, and we've seen a lot of um, some interesting games lately. You know, that Boston game the other night was pretty interesting where everybody think, I thought Brooklyn was probably going to sweep and, you know, the series was basically over. And then Jason Tatum was like, uh uh-uh, uh, it's not, I'm not done. I was, was going to say, good old Jason Tatum, <laughs> only yeah. thing giving Boston life right now. Really is. I mean, Kimba Walker is basically on one leg out there. Um, they, they're all banged up. Too. Yeah. Um, and you just, it's been kind of crazy how, you know, Boston's still kind of hanging around in that series to degree. I think that you start to see Utah with Donald Mitchell back kind of start, you know, making a little bit of their push. Memphis has still been in those games, though. John Moran's balling his butt off. So it still could be an interesting series. Um, and then at Denver, Portland, I think it's just kind of that, that series just seems to be whoever's hot that night. Um, yeah. I mean, right now it's like it looks like Portland should have had that series early on, but now Denver seems to be in, in control of it. So it's it's really interesting how these series are kind of swaying back and forth. Um, you see a lot of time of the big play on players, like so, you know, Jonathan Randall, for example, for the Knicks, really hasn't been the factor everybody expected him to be. Um, and then as as a result, you see Atlanta maybe still in that series as well. I thought the Knicks would kind of pull that out, and maybe they won't. Yeah, I agree. The other one too, Dallas Clippers. I don't know if there's a luckier team than the Clippers right now with Dallas getting as banged up as they are. I mean, even Luka is going to be questionable for tomorrow, and I think there's a real chance that he does miss. I can't see it actually happening, but with the cervical strain, it's hard to really know until we get until tomorrow's games. But yeah, to for the most part, you know, besides the Mucks Miami game uh, series, obviously, and I think the Sixers are actually going to wind up sweeping Washington as well. For the most part, these series in the first round have been more competitive. And I believe they normally speaking are in the first round, especially when you're talking about two and seven seeds. I mean, don't look at the Phoenix Suns and the Lakers, which we knew that was going to be more competitive than generally speaking a two seven would because the circumstances. But Boston putting up more of a fight than I expected him to, or should I say, Jason Tatum putting up more of a fight than I expected him to. But it's been a it's been a fun playoff so far, and we're going to continue to try to win you guys some money because if you listen to us last week, or listen to me in particular. Definitely would have won you guys some money. While Chris beat me in DFS, I beat him on the bets. So that was kind of went back and forth there. However, Chris, go ahead and kick us off on the DFS DraftKings lineup that we have there for you. So while I am concerned about the Luka injury and it's going to change my lineup, I might you know, substitute this player out. But I have Luka starting in my point guard position. I mean, the guy's been damn near you know, unstoppable right now. Um, yeah, I mean, he's out. He's a walking triple-double. Yeah, and I mean, they've tried every defensive you know guy on. They tried Kawhi, they've tried Paul George, they've thrown everything they can possibly throw at Luka, and it doesn't seem to matter. If they double him, he finds the open guy. If they don't, then he gets to the basket. He's just bigger, stronger than everybody out there. And Patrick Beverly, basically, there was a, a, was a meme going around with Luka kind of looking at him saying, you're, you know, you're too small for me, get him off me. Um, so I think you look at some of these guys that are trying to match up with Luka, and he just seems the man amongst boys right now. 
So I'm going to run the point guard. It's really expensive, eleven hundred dollars. Um, hopefully he will be you know healthy enough to play. I do worry about this thing. I like I said, you you want to watch your lives going into tomorrow and make some adjustments. I think I'd probably run out Harden if I can't play Luca tomorrow because we're on the same month, around the same money. Um, so that's kind of looking at, like I said, walking triple double. Not just that, this guy's giving 70 DFS points right now. It's not just like a triple double, it's like ridiculous numbers he's putting up. No, absolutely agree. I'm a little more concerned about the cervical injury than you are, where even if he plays, uh, well, I still expect him to be very, very good. I'm not trying to say that, but do I expect him to be elite Don, uh, Luca? No, I don't know if I expect him to be elite Luca. So I, I actually steered away from him, which is the first time I've done that since Luca's been available for one of our DFS lineups myself. Yeah, I can't blame you for that. I mean, it is affecting more of his left arm, so he doesn't shoot with his left arm necessarily. Um, and I think it's more of a thing of his tightness. I think if they can, you know, massage it out and get it kind of loose, I think it'll be fine once he starts playing. It'll be the key is, like you said, warm-ups kind of seeing where he's how he's handling everything. No, I agree with that. Now what you had a two-guard? So the two-guard I went with Terrence Mann. Um, I had to kind of save some money for the rest of my lineup, but I went around Terrence Mann because he's one of the few guys – that's below $4,000. It actually does anything right now in the playoffs. Um, there seems to really be slim pickings for some of the lesser players, especially the lower salary players, I should say. Um, his guys didn't really do anything the first game, but the last two games he's had, he's had decent production. He's not scoring a lot, but he's getting a little bit of everything where he's getting like six points, seven points, five rebounds, you know, four four assists or a couple of steals here or there, a couple blocks the other, game, the other night. So is a guy that, you know, I'm not looking for a high ceiling necessarily, but I'm looking for a decent floor, maybe 15 to 20 points. But for my lineup, I'm trying to roll out there. I'm trying to get as many stars as I possibly can in my lineup. So he kind of allows me to do so. What's his price tag again? It's only he's thirty two hundred dollars. I'm okay. sorry, not thirty two hundred. He's uh thirty six hundred dollars. Right. So that, that's that's the point you're throwing out there. Thirty six hundred dollars. All you're trying to do is get a guy who can get you maybe twenty fantasy points, call a day, just to keep that floor, so you can go ahead and spend money elsewhere. Not a bad strategy there. So you can go ahead and continue. Um, so also, at the small forward, while I'm saving some of that money, is I want to play Kawhi Leonard tomorrow. Um, whether Luke is healthy or not, to me, doesn't really matter. Kawhi's been quietly actually having a good series. Um, you know, a lot of people are kind of pointing fingers at him as the result of him being down 2-1. Um, but this guy's been showing up and balling out. I think he had he's had back-to-back days of 50, over 55 uh, DFS points. So for about, I think it was $9,200, I think it's a pretty decent bargain for the guys out there. As a guy that expects to have a big game again, um, because he's one of the few guys for the Clippers right now scoring the ball. Yeah, I mean, look, you can't hard, hard to argue going in that direction. Uh, quite again, Quietly against Dallas has been doing has been performing well. If the Clippers are going to tie this series up, Kawhi's going to have to take over at some point. Plain and simple, he's going to have to be the alpha dog. He's going to have to take over at some point. You have a banged up Dallas roster, not just out, not just Luca outside of Luca as well. So I expect Leonard to have a nice pathway there to be able to take advantage at his at his superstar level. And one of the things, well, you know, one of the things about him is he's actually leading the Clippers in every statistical major statistical category: most points, most rebounds, and most assists. So you're trying to get a guy who's going to have the ball mostly in his hands and be doing, you know, have his hand in everything. Um, I think it's a big reason why they're, they're behind in this series, though, because I don't trust Kawhi Leonard with the ball in his hands at the end of the game. But <laughs> the best points, it doesn't matter. He's going to get all of it. So it doesn't, you're, we're good exactly. there. Um, at the small forward position, I'm also, like I said, saving some money because I wanted to go big. So I'm going with Kevin Durant at the small forward. Uh, KD had a nice game last game. Uh, I think he scored almost 56 or 60 DFS points. This guy is also a guy who can get you a triple-double. He's playing a lot of center right now for um, the Nets because they don't, they have been banged up in the center position. They don't have um, their who is their big man? 
Um, well, Blake's back, but they they well they have been playing Blake at the center, but they lost who's the other uh, Jeff Green. They lost Jeff Green for the rest of the series, um, and as a result, they have kind of guys a big hole at the center. Blake's been playing the center position, um, but you see Duran getting more and more run there, and as a result, you see the rebounds up. You see the block shot opportunities up. And it's, like I said, this is a guy who's also got capability to get you a triple-double. I expect another big game. Um, I, the, the, basically, Boston has nobody can really match up with KD when he's on his game. And I think that he finally found a stroke the last game. So I think I expect that to continue. I also feel like it should be his turn. It was James Harden's turn the last game. I feel like it should be KD's turn this time. I think that's what you're going to kind of see with these guys as they rotate through. Uh, I mean, yeah, you can never argue with KD. It's all about how you build the roster around those three studs that you put out there, Luka, Kawhi, and KD, and how you're building out the rest of this team. Well, unless you kind of say he's taking turns with James Harden, but James Harden you know, had a huge game last game, but Kevin Durant still has 62 DFS points. So no, as the second fiddle, that's not too bad. Uh, <laughs> at the center position, I ran out Tristan Thompson. Uh, Tristan Thompson's been getting most of the playing time at the center position. We talked that's about the first player we've had. That's the same. We, I also have Tristan Thompson at the center position as well. Yeah, I mean, as we've kind of talked about during regular season, the Nets are basically uh, have a, you know Swiss cheese in the middle when it comes to whatever center they're matched up against, and you expect that center to have a big game. Um, Tristan's been the guy who's been kind of benefiting. We saw our into a really nice big game the first game, but since then has really begun the playing time. He's also questionable. Uh, there's some concerns about his, you know, he'll be injured and well, he'll be even playing tomorrow or not. Doesn't really matter right now because Tristan's been kind of the guy who's been the, the key starter. He's had back to back over 30 point DFS points. Um, he's had double digits in both points, rebounds, and back been back running all doubles. Yeah, back to back double doubles. And what the you kind of see with the you know the Kemba injury. He's actually having the offense run through him a little bit more, so it gets you a chance to get some, you know, some quick, easy, cheap assists here or there too as well. So I'm running Tristan Thompson fifty two hundred dollars, nice value to me at the center position. Yeah, I mean, right now Robert Williams is actually considered more doubtful than questionable, so Tristan Thompson should have even more minutes possibly headed his way. He had thirty minutes last game, twenty five minutes the game before that. I would be surprised if he didn't get over thirty minutes in this matchup here. Which should perform should give him all the opportunity in the world to have a very very good DFS game. He's only fifty two hundred dollars. He's gonna he's an absolute steal right now at the center position, given the matchup, given where he's at in the rotation. So Tristan Thompson to me is one of those free spaces when it comes to player positions right now for sure. I agree. Rather you play him at center or the utility position, he's the guy you should definitely have in your lineup this week. I think for the value, especially yeah. Well, tomorrow, yeah, exactly. Um. So at the guard position. I have Alex Caruso. Uh, Caldwell Pope's not supposed to play tomorrow or questionable, highly questionable about playing tomorrow. Caruso hasn't had a great series so far, but you do see him as the next guy kind of stepping up in line. He has a chance against the Suns to kind of be able to do a little bit of everything. I think the first game he played, he had 11 points, about five assists. Last game, he really had the ball in his hands very much to get the assists, but you're expecting a lot more playing time with Caldwell Pope out there. Um, and I think that what I'm looking for, once again, like, like some other Terrence Mann, I'm looking for guys with decent floor, hoping to get that 15 to 25 DFS points tomorrow. This is a guy that can kind of do that for you. Yeah, I mean, I agree. This is another guy who's going to be really, really cheap, and you're going for that floor of about 20 fantasy points to keep the rest of your team in it. Yeah, and $3,900, like you said, he's you know nice floor for $3,900. At the forward position, I went with Cam Johnson for the Suns. Um, you see the Suns kind of banged up in the front court a little bit, and he's getting a little bit more running t- playing time lately. If he has a guy who can knock down some threes, guy can get you some rebounds. He's going to be out there because he matches up well with LeBron. 
Um, and I think that when you look at overall with the Suns kind of have firepower wise with Chris Paul kind of being not on, you know, Chris Paul level, they need someone else to kind of step up to score. I think this guy has an opportunity to, with the minutes he's been getting to kind of fill up statue a little bit more for you. Um, once again, he's got a good floor. I think he's going to get you, you know, at least 15 to 20 DFS points, but I think he's capable of more, maybe get you from 20 to 30 and for $3,500, I think it's a decent play. He's got a shot to get hot, to your point, outside of Devin Booker. They don't have a lot of wing scoring that they can go to. Uh, right now, it's Devin Booker and it's whatever DeAndre Ayton can give them because Chris Paul is not giving them really anything, frankly, at this point. So Cam Johns is somebody they have to lean on to get be the other wing scorer for the most part. So I like that shot there, $3,500. Yeah, and I think he plays you know, both the small forward and power forward position, so he gets a chance to get some rebounds as well. And then finally, I went Nicholas Claxton, the center position from a utility player. I talked about the Nets, kind of their Jeff Green being out and banged up. Although KD's playing a lot center position, Claxton's getting a little bit of playing time. He's been getting solid playing time all through the series so far. I expect that to kind of increase as the series progresses, especially with Tristan Thompson having such nice games the last couple of games. Um, somebody's got to play some defense for the Nets other than just KD. So I expect him to be an opportunity to rebound, um, get you some blocks, and maybe get you some cheap points. Well, and, and that's to speak to DFS in general here when you're talking about the NBA, because with a guy like that, you're just trying to get guys who are in position to get maybe double digit rebounds for that kind of a price tag. And you can get as many of those guys in your lineups. You all automatically build yourself out to have a very, very high floor and you just have your big pieces hit in order to give you that higher end ceiling. So that's kind of what you're looking at doing there. I like to do that to utility position as well. It's usually one of two ways. They want to get some guys who are going to give me rebounds or I want to get guys who have the opportunity of which to get hot. So I like your lineup there. Very nicely done. We actually only shared one player. So this will be interesting to go through as we go through this. But instead of Luca, I went back to LeBron here at my point guard position. Save a little bit of money there compared to Luca because he's he's eleven thousand one hundred. LeBron is only ninety seven hundred dollars. And here's an interesting thing about LeBron is that physically he looked probably a little bit a little bit out of sorts. I would say a little still not quite back to his normal self, even though they won that game on Thursday where he still had forty one fantasy points. And I think he played Braun was was going to wind up being his worst game of the series. They're coming back. They're going to be back in L.A. again tomorrow. AD is a little bit questionable. There's going to be more falling on the shoulders of LeBron James in that game tomorrow. Uh, I believe that's tomorrow afternoon. That yes. yeah, tomorrow afternoon at three thirty. That game. So obviously you can never go wrong with LeBron, but I think he's in a situation where I can see him putting up a high end type of triple double in this game. I think he can match up to a Luca, which is why I take him at $9,700 rather than a Luca there. Yeah. I mean, I think it's not a bad chance. My only thing for me, why I didn't go with LeBron myself personally was just because so far he hasn't really had that big series game. Um, he's been kind of getting by just having his, you know, his finger in and everything. He's, he's rebounding, scoring, He's getting assists, but it's not something where he's not scoring 60 or 70 DFS points. He's getting you know, between 40. I think his high has been so far like 49, I think it was. Um, so I think that that's kind of why I didn't really want to spend the money on him. But I definitely understand what you're talking about, especially if AD is out. Uh, I think the, the, falling, you know, the complete load falls on him if AD doesn't play or is even questionable to a degree where he's not producing out there. Well, that's, um, what, that's think, my thing is if he's hindered, and I, I think he actually might be hindered to some degree tomorrow, LeBron's going to have to be more aggressive scoring. Yeah tomorrow and that's kind of what i'm counting on in that situation that's why i'm willing to pay for that guy instead of you know trying to go in a a different route the next guy 
Now, this this player may or may not be in my lineup, depending on what's going on tomorrow. But I have Jalen Brunson right now for two reasons. One, he's $4,300, and he gets to play quite a bit anyway. But two, if Luka's out or is limited in any kind of capacity, then the office will then have to turn around and run through Jalen Brunson. And at $4,300, that's an absolute steal. They may even, even if Luka's out there, they may try to run a little bit more through Brunson and not actually push Luka to the, uh, the limit, depending upon you know how exactly he's feeling. Brunson's yeah. another one of those guys at forty three hundred dollars. I'm looking to get. I'm, ultimately, I'm just looking to get twenty fantasy points. But he's in position for a higher ceiling than that due to the circumstances. Go ahead. No, I was going to say I think it's an excellent point you're making about you know in producing if Luca's there or even Luca's not, not playing. Uh, I mean, if Luca is playing, it doesn't necessarily change that he can still be productive. I think what I was talking about earlier. It's really slim pickings this this week or tomorrow, I should say, especially um, with guys under forty five hundred dollars. We can start looking through who's actually producing. It's very, very hard to pick. And this is a guy, she said, like has upside and has a floor. So that's a nice play. Nice play. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, and the other guy, kind of the same mold. I went with DeAndre Hunter. Again, $4,300. He's been playing a ton of minutes. That's always been the thing about Atlanta is what wings are actually getting the minutes. DeAndre Hunter is the one getting the minutes right now. And while he's not blowing you away, 22 fantasy points, 26 fantasy points, he does have the ability to get hot. He's looked like he's coming to his own a little bit as far as his just general game against the Knicks in this particular series. And he hasn't been, you know, lights out yet from beyond the arc. That will come. I think he's got a good chance for that to happen tomorrow as Atlanta tries to get a stranglehold in Atlanta on this series. And there's a decent chance for that. So $4,300, again, taking a guy who has at least 20-plus fantasy points as a floor but does have a potential to get higher than that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good play. Uh, this is the guy. This is the reason that Julius Randle hasn't reducing is basically because yeah. he's been gnashing up so well with him. And to your point, as a result, he's going to get his minutes and has been getting his minutes. You're kind of looking for him to get hotter at some point or be more aggressive offensively. But he's still in position to get you some rebounds, get you some baskets, and he's been playing great defense. So yeah, I think it's a great play at forty three hundred dollars. Now, I had to continue uh, continue plugging my lineup out with some of these players because we'll get to in a minute who I went with as my studs later on the lineup. But I continue it on with more guys who can get you 20-plus fantasy points and possibly more. And I went with Jay Crowder from Phoenix against the Lakers. The guy, another guy who's been getting plenty of minutes, 29, 29, 31, last three games. The past two games, he's gotten 23-plus fantasy points. He did, Another guy who does a little bit of everything, but another guy who, kind of like Cam Johnson, they have to lean on him a little bit to see if he can hit those threes. And Crowder does have the capacity to actually get a little bit hot here and there. And with the Lakers a little bit banged up on the wing themselves, I think it's kind of interesting at $4,800 what Crowder might be able to do. He is a sneaky potential double-double play in the playoffs sometimes. We've seen him do it before. So I'm going to take that upside there, and I know at least I'll have a floor to be able to pat around my other guys. Yeah, I think... For myself, I've been kind of waiting for Crowder to have that big game. I expect him to do a little bit better than he has because he's one of those guys, a veteran player who usually produces well in the playoffs. We saw him have a great you know, run in Miami. Um, I think this is a guy that, you, to your point, can definitely fill it up and get you some rebounds too. He gets you some steals too because he does play defense. So I think overall he's a good play in the $4,800, nice value. Now we talked about Tristan Thompson. We both have him. This is where I start to go for the jugular. And I never thought I would go for the jugular with this guy, but Derek Rose, baby, $6,800. He is the only Nick right now who can pretty much create his own shot as a result for DFS purposes, for fantasy purposes. He's been on fire this entire series. I mean, we're talking 
47 points the last game, 37-32. He's playing almost 40 minutes a night every single night. So because of the just sheer volume against Atlanta, because of the way the Knicks have to depend on him to create offense, he is a great DFS play at $6,800 tomorrow. Yeah, I think, I mean, you hit nail right in the head. I've been playing Derek Rosen's all week long in my D- other DFS lineups because, to your point, he has been the only guy for the Knicks basically scoring at a consistent rate. He's been getting ridiculous minutes. It's obvious Tibbs trusts him the most. And, and we look at Atlanta's backcourt. They can't really guard him. He's too big and strong for Trey Young. So I think that he gets to the basket easily when he wants to. He's been a guy who's, you know, basically put R.J. Barrett to the side. He's put everybody else in the offense to the side. He's been the man. So I think it's a fantastic play. It's flashbacks to Derrick Rose and Tibbs back in the Chicago days, the way it has been, basically the way they've been playing. I got to my next superstar, the only line of defense against the Brooklyn Nets, Jason Tatum in my lineup at $9,800. Because why? Uh, probably outside of Luka, this has been the biggest fantasy star so far. Outside, he just came off of a 76 fantasy point performance. Of course, that helps when you score 50 points in the game. But that's the type of potential he has against this team in this situation, especially when he has to play, you know, 41 minutes, not 21 like he did two games ago, which shouldn't happen again. Jason Tatum, $9,800 is worth every single penny because it's going to be all on his shoulders to have give Boston any kind of chance to tie this series up. Yeah, I mean, there was concerns. In Boston. Yeah, exactly. There was concerns going into last week's last game, I should say, uh, for Jason Tatum whether he was healthy or not. I think he put those things to rest, those concerns to rest with that seventy-six, you know, point DFS uh, output. I think this guy is, you know, a stud. Um, he's definitely their prime scorer. We talked about Kimba Walker kind of being banged up and really not having anybody else to kind of lean on. If he's when he's at home and he's hot and he's being aggressive. Nobody can actually stop this guy scoring-wise. And he also gets you rebounds. He knocks down three-pointers. Um, he does play a little bit of defense. Um, so, yeah, I think when you look at Jason Tatum, you have a superstar in your lineup, absolutely. And last but not least, in my utility position, going with the guy who can get hot, but sometimes gets some rebounds, although he doesn't get as many as he should. Going with Marcus Morris for the Clippers. Hasn't had that big game yet, but he's getting the minutes. He's getting the opportunity I'm going to roll the dice that tomorrow is the night that he has a chance to get hot. He's only $4,500, so you're taking that risk there with the price tag baked in. Yeah, I think you look at Marcus Morris as the guy who's due. At least that's how I kind of feel. I understand why you're playing him in your lineup. is definitely a nice play this week because I think he's definitely due to have a good game. He's been kind of putting on clunkers lately, but I think when you look over all the matchups, he should have a nice game against the minutes. He needs to start, he's got to lock down his shots since the guy can hit, you know, six, seven, three pointers in a game. So it's definitely a guy who has high upside and is, and kind of to your point and my point, you know, that he's definitely due to have that big game. At some point. So it'll be interesting to see. Chris got me last week. We'll see if I can get him this week, but make sure you join. And the link is in the description, wherever you're watching this at belly up fantasy at WWSRN on any one of your social media accounts. The link is there. Just click it. It's free to join. And if you win, your name will go into a drawing for the month of May for a prize from championshipfootballs.com for Mr. Chaz Flaherty, who we're going to have on in the second half of this show. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come right back on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, continue on with the DC's DFS Challenge, talk about some bets, talk about more ways for you guys to win some money, and have Mr. Chaz Flaherty come on and tell us how he's doing today as well. So stay tuned right after this. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. 
This is DC's DFS Challenge on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Hi, this is Harry Crew. Welcome back, DC Nation. We are back with the DC's DFS Challenge show on this Memorial Day weekend, Saturday night. We just gave you our DraftKings lineup cards. Chris and I did. Setting you guys up for your tournaments, setting you guys up for any plays you want to do, and also setting you up for the free DC's DFS Challenge tournament where you can get a possibility to win a championshipfootballs.com from Mr. Chaz Florida, who I think is on. It's spinning. I'm not really sure what's going on. So, Chaz, if you can hear us, what I'm going to try to have you do is back out and see if you could back in again. And we'll cover for you until you're able to do so. Because right now I cannot hear nor see you in any capacity. But I want to let people know that Chaz is trying to get on. As He's we probably cashing show. tickets right now. Probably cashing tickets right now. Probably having a ball of a time. We'll see if we can get him in here in just a few minutes. I do want to give take this time, though, give a shout out to our sponsor of this segment, which is Manscaped. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is breaking news, and this important PSA is brought to you by Manscaped.com. This public service announcement is the news you've all been waiting for because the Manscaped engineering team has now confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the U.S. and in Canada. This new trimmer was just released only moments ago, and we were one of the first to get our hands on it and be able to share the news. So join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code bellyupfantasy at manscaped.com I'm one of the first people to be able to try the new 4.0 and I am blown away by the performance the craftsmanship and the details on the 4.0 are the next level their advanced ceramic blade and skin safe technology is so good that it almost seems as if Manscaped worked with Elon Musk's engineers to ensure your testes are as safe as possible so use the promo code bellyupfantasy for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. So we're still trying to get him in. Chaz is trying to break through. Let's see if he broke through on this one. Chaz, can you hear us? Nope. Well, at least if you can, I can't hear you anyway. I think wherever you are right now, clearly you're having some technical difficulties. Try to find a way to boost that Wi-Fi signal, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. So, Chris, while we're waiting for him to jump on, there are four games tomorrow, and we bet the NBA here a lot on this show. I not to toot our own horn, but I think we do it pretty successfully for the most part. I'd have to say, 
uh, especially over the past couple of weeks, especially leading into the NBA playoffs. And even last week, we both had some winners in our own right, too. So while I am pulling that up tomorrow, we have, you know, with the Atlanta game, Knicks game, Lakers, Phoenix, trying to remember tonight, uh, as we get it up here, the night games with the Clippers, Dallas, of course, later on, and then Brooklyn and Boston. So let's start with the Knicks. Right now, that game is minus five in favor of Atlanta. It's in Atlanta. They're up two to one in the series. I think we have Chaz here now. Chaz! There What's he going is. on, man? You are on. Can you hear you. us? With a very grumpy face on your... <laughs> very grumpy like, look on your face. This technology's killing me. I think he's still trying to figure it out. We'll, we'll take him out real quick. I think he's still trying to figure it out. We'll put him back in. We'll talk about this game first. So... Minus five, Atlanta to the Knicks. Where are you at on this? What do you expect out of this game tomorrow? So I think the Knicks are actually going to steal this game tomorrow, and I'd actually bet on New York. Um, I think that you're going to see them be able to split the series. I think that when you look at, you know, like I talked about, Hunter matching up well with Randall. Randall is due to have a better game than he has. He can't keep shooting as ridiculously low percentages as he is. Um, Derek Rose has been balling. I expect the Knicks to kind of show up and show some fight. Um, and I think that, if they figure out how to kind of keep the ball out of Trey Young's hands a little bit better, they should be able to win this game. Here's another interesting thing about this game. Right now, that over-under is set at 208.5. And I know that this this series, for the most part, that these games have been lower scoring. That's typically what the Knicks want to try to do. But I believe in Atlanta, in this game, where they're going to have to try to find a way to tie the series up 2-2, two to two, I see both of these teams going over 100 points. If that happens, they should go over 208.5. So I think my bet, even more so than going Knicks and Hawks, is I'm betting the over in this game at minus 112. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I mean, Atlanta likes to score. We know they don't play regular defense. And while the Knicks do like to slow the pace down a little bit more, I think that they realize they're going to have to have a little more firepower and more scoring out there. So I do think they're going to you know, produce and score at least around 110 to 115 to actually win the game. So I expect this game to be a little over as well. I am with you, though. I'm I'm not going to take the Knicks to win outright, but I will take them plus five against Atlanta. I do think this is going to be a more evenly matched series uh, going forward. It's going gonna, gonna to even it up there. Next up, as I'm trying to message Chess right now to see if we can figure out what's going on, is that hotel Wi-Fi is not working as well, um, as well as you would hope for at the moment, <laughs> per, per, per usual. Next up, you got the Lakers and the Phoenix Suns at 3.30. That one right now sits minus 6.5 in favor of the Lakers. They're up 2-1. to one. It's in L.A. That over-under also sits pretty similarly to 2.09.5. I think I'm betting the Lakers. All, I'm going to bet the over, first of all, the minus 112, 2.09.5 there. I'm also going to take the Lakers minus 6.5. Until I can see some more out of Chris Paul, I don't trust Phoenix on the road to make this a less than seven point game. Yeah, I mean, only concern would be his AD's health as well. I think the Lakers definitely need AD to be uh, productive out I, there. I, I'll agree with that as well. Yes, that that is something we would definitely have to watch going into this game. If if AD's out or it looks like he's going to be hindered in some capacity, then I probably just stick with the over and I don't bet I don't bet the line either way. 
Yeah, I, I, I like the over bet definitely. Like I said, I'm a little bit concerned with the AD thing, just in case you know you don't want to see. Make sure he's out there because we don't want him to become a jump shooter again. We see them being more productive when he's aggressive. When he's not being aggressive, he's been kind of struggling. So as Lakers and as a result, yeah, it's just been, he's been too passive. Now I know I know he's probably not 100 in basketball shape at the moment, and that probably has a lot to do with it. I know a lot of people they want. A lot of people wanted to get on him after that first game. They're like, oh, this has always been the problem with AD. He's not always motivated every single game, which is true to some capacity. I felt like it got completely overblown this past week on exactly the level that that actually goes to out of some people. But if he's not feeling 100% himself, then he is going to turn to more of a jump shooter. And he's not, you know, this is there's not Steph Curry back there. He's going to have nights where he goes cold. He has to get hot in order for it to really, really matter. So, yeah, I, I'm with you on that, but if AD's out there, I see no reason why the Lakers don't take a 3-1 lead. However, he has to be out there for me to bet the minus 6.5. I'm sticking with the over, though, for oh, sure. Yeah, I bet the over one. for sure on that one. I definitely agree with that. What would Phoenix have to do to win this game, assuming AD I, does play? I think the key for the Suns is push the pace. I think that if they play a half-court game, they're going to struggle to beat L.A. and what they can kind of do. We saw DeAndre Eaton's having a hell of a series. Booker's been doing his thing. They need to continue to get those guys like Cam Johnson and Crowley. We kind of talked about for our DFS lineups, getting some of them some open threes and getting some shots up. I think they're being a little too conservative offensively, a little too methodical. I think they need to definitely push the paint. Um, even if Paul's not playing, they have paint backing them up who can you know, get to the paint and get to the hole. So I think that's the, the key for the Suns is being more aggressive offensively and getting more shots up. But to your point right there, when we're looking to handicap these games and give the bets, that's a big reason why right there that if I know 80 is at least, I don't know, 75%, I'm willing to bet the Lakers because those key players you just mentioned, the Cam Johnsons, the Jay Crowders of the world, those are usually guys who don't show up as much on the road as they do at home. And that's why I'm looking at this game. Like this is, a, this is a big reason why I would lean towards the Lakers in that one. But again, safely betting the over. Let's talk about the Brooklyn Boston Celtics right now. The over the over under was two twenty eight and a half. However, that is actually locked at the moment. They're not letting anybody bet the over and unders right now, so they're still looking to set that line at the moment. So we'll get back to that one. If it stays at two twenty eight and a half, I'm pounding the over on that one, especially in that game with the way everything's kind of setting up right now between these two teams. We saw some more defense than expected out of Boston, out of Brooklyn, but instead we now have something going on with them getting the offense going back and forth. Brooklyn's at minus seven and a half on the road as an aggressive line, but I think a good line at the end of the day. What are you looking at in that game? Yeah, I mean, that's a game I'm kind of not touching, to be honest. I think that I really have no idea how that game's going to go. I think when we look at Brooklyn, they should be they should win that game. They should The line sounds fair. Sounds like a decent line. Um, but as we kind of saw Boston at home, has has a little heart. The Miami seems to have at home. Um, so that they showed up and they played hard. But I don't think I mean, overall, I think that's had more firepower and in, in theory should definitely win this game. They should win the game. They they I think, definitely I think, they, I think they should win a big I mean honestly I think they should win by at least double digits. Um because you look at Boston's scoring capacity, they just don't really have the firepower to match up if it comes down to it. If, if Kemba can't play then I'm 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 with you. If Kemba plays I think Boston can keep this within 10. So that's where it'd be tough. That's where I'm going to be more interested to see where this over underline winds up being opened back up again at than I think that at the line. But 
Here's what I would do tomorrow. I would parlay Brooklyn and the Clippers just winning outright. And I would take that as my parlay bet of the night. Because that I do feel very, very confident that Brooklyn wins. And I feel very, very confident that the Clippers win tomorrow, actually. Not something I say very often. And you're going to win quite a bit of money on that if you take them to win outright because they're minus 159 just to win the game. They're only minus three and a half at the line. For good reason. It's in Dallas. But Porzingis has been missing. Luka's banged up. I can't trust the guys of da- of the, 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 the role players of Dallas right now. And the Clippers, the last game, finally looked like the bell went off in their heads. Like, hey, you know what? We got to start playing with some urgency. And he saw it. It was noticeable. What do you think about that game at minus three and a half for the Clippers on the road over under set at two twenty and a half? So I understand what you're talking about. And I've been wanting the Clippers. I keep thinking the Clippers are going to bounce back and show some heart that even the game they won the other night. Um, I just feel like they, they lack the firepower with Dallas. If Luca's completely banged up or out, that changes my story completely. But if he's out there and he's playing, he's able to be productive. I actually think Dallas has more firepower. Some Hardaway Juniors actually showed up in this series and been a threat, you know, a, a legitimate scoring threat. Um, when you look at the Clippers right now, who is that third scorer? They haven't had one consistently. And that's pretty much just killing them. Paul George is having a decent series, not great series, but decent series. Wallach talked about is having a great series. It's nobody else is doing anything for the Clippers. Now, if Mar- Moore steps up and has a good game, then I think the Clippers can definitely win. But if you look around, Beverly's not doing anything. Jackson's been kind of hit or miss. Rondo hasn't been playoff Rondo yet. They, the Clippers, when overall, haven't been playing Luke Kennard really or Shamet. I'm not Shamet, uh, Luke Kennard very much. They haven't really had any shooters out there. And I think that's kind of hurting them right now. Why Dallas is kind of playing free and late. And Porzingis hasn't shown up. So if Porzingis has a, even a, a decent Porzingis game, then I think that the Dallas actually should pull this game out. If Dallas pulls this game out, they would have a 3 1 commanding lead which means they should win the series. So let's follow those thoughts real quick, Chris, because right now, if you want to bet the series winner in that one, Dallas is minus 108. That's excellent odds for just picking them to win the series. Yeah. So is that is that what you would do? You would double down and say Dallas is a good shot to win tomorrow, and then you would take them to win the series because that's two bets you can make tomorrow and really be able to capitalize. I would. I think that right now, Dallas has been. Dallas seems to be in a different trend than the Clippers have been. The Clippers seem to be kind of still finding themselves for some reason, even though they've been together for almost two years. While Dallas seems that they kind of coasted through the regular season, especially through the end, and now that they're in the playoffs, they expect to be you know, winners. Expect to kind of you know, Luca's balling out of control. I think that in general, the whole Dallas team's been preparing for the playoffs a lot of ways. Where I think now, right now they can smell it. They have a, a home game. I think they're going to be able to pull it out and win this series. So and here will be my advice. If that's something that you want to bet on, you have to bet on this game. You have to bet on Dallas winning the series before that game tomorrow takes place. Because if they yeah. win in the 3-1, the exactly. odds will go to the roof. If you want to see the chance of the Clippers win, they tie the series up 2-2. It might be even better odds for Dallas, but I would bet this before that game happens. Because it goes up 3-1, to one, it's going to be a complete stranglehold, which will be a totally different story. I am not as confident as you are. Obviously, I do think the Clippers win tomorrow. But I am going to make the bet for Dallas to win the series. So I do think that winds up happening as well. It's, it's a good bet to make. Uh, the other one, Denver, minus 103 right now to win the series. A little better odds in Portland. Kind of mentioned a little bit when we talked about our DraftKings lineup cards. Right now, they're the ones with the momentum. 
after the last game. So that that's me screams a bet. I always thought Denver was going to win this series anyway. To be frank with you, I'm a little shocked Portland's been able to make it as close as they have. But Denver at minus 103 to win the rest of this series. What do you think about that? I mean, I think it's a good bet to take. I'm actually on the flip side where I thought Portland should win this series, and I'm kind of disappointed in Portland's play. Um, I think they have better matchups, and they have definitely more talent on the court at a time than Denver has on the court right now. But when you see Morris and Austin Rivers having decent games and they're able to pull it out for them, I think right now you have to look at Denver as the favorite because they've been winning the games and with guys who are you know, basically no-name guys. And Portland's been healthy for the most part. They've had been able to play all their players and still aren't winning these games. So I think you, it's not going to bet I would take a chance on. MVP, Jojic MVP. Yeah. That's what it boils down to. And they have all the depth on the wings. I'm looking through here. Is there any chance you think the Knicks win this series? Because if you do, you can make quite a bit of money on them at plus 245. Now, personally, I think Atlanta is going to wind up winning this series. But that is one of those that was one of those series going into it that we both thought the Knicks could win, and it was going to be a back and forth, and it was going to be a long series. Now, Atlanta's going to be in a position tomorrow where they can put a stranglehold on it and go up three to one. And it's going to be in Atlanta, which is going to make it that much more interesting. But what is your outlook for that series? Is it going to go long? Do the Knicks have a chance? I mean, I picked the Knicks to win this series initially. I think the Knicks should have won this, should be physically dominating the Atlanta, Atlanta Hawks. But one of the things I didn't take into consideration is that nobody other than Derrick Rose is going to score the ball for the Knicks. That seems to be a major issue right now. Um, I expect Randall to actually have basketball games. I know that Atlanta's paying a lot of attention to him. But overall... I look at the Knicks, a lot of guys are just under, underproducing. I don't know if R.J. Barrett's going to find his way in the playoffs necessarily, um, but they need somebody to kind of step up, whether it's Bullock, whether it's R.J. Barrett. I do think that they should still be able to make this a series and actually still pull it out. You know, they if they're able to win tomorrow, they're going to have the home court advantage back again um, and be able to get back to New York. I expect that they should be able to at least extend the series. Winning the series is going to be key. I don't know if I could necessarily bet on that, but I mean, depending on the odds, I might just throw a couple of dollars on it to just try to see because it's not a bad, you know, bad chance to think. And it's not a team there. I think Atlanta's definitely going to win this series. I think Atlanta should be somebody that you're just expecting is going to close this out. There's a team still has to kind of learn how to win and learn how to close teams out. That's not always easy. It is interesting. The, the problem is that Julius Randle's not playing well. Which has been surprising. And that that that's been the biggest issue for the Knicks because then you have you become so contingent on what old man Derrick Rose can give you as a result, because you're not beating up the Falcon uh, Falcons, the Hawks physically. If you're not beating them up physically. They have way more scorers period than the Knicks do. And that, that's been the problem so far in this series that the Knicks have not been able to keep the game in the rhythm that they would want, which is yeah. ugly, ugly basketball. Keep it low scoring. Keep the Hawks from being able to shoot. The Hawks have been able to spread the, floor out more than the Knicks have wanted to. And as a result, they've been finding themselves behind. This is not a team that's really equipped to have to come back from behind too often. No. I mean, I, I 100% agree. Atlanta has more firepower than the Knicks do, but I expect that there's going to be at least one game where Burks and um, Bullock both can score at the same time or somebody on that second score can actually step up because they seem to have like one or another guys, you know, whether it's Barrett, it's got to be somebody else. They, they're going to have to have somebody that actually scores more than 15 points or two players, I should say, is worth more than 15 points other than Derrick Rose. And I right. think the Knicks actually have capability to do that. It's just a matter of guys cutting their shots to fall. They're playing a little tight. And they're playing a little too ugly basketball in a sense where they need to kind of clean up their offensive. They, they need to cut down on turnovers big time. And then you start trapping Trey Young and get more physical with them. I expect Tibbs to kind of pull out 
you know, all stops on this, on this, in the sense to try to stop Trey Young. And I think that's the key. If they've made Trey Young become more of a passer, less of a scorer, then they're going to have a chance to you know, be able to close out this series or win this series, I should say. So, Chris, pretty, pretty much what you're saying is you're going double whammy on two different teams. You're going double, you're going Dallas win tomorrow and for the series. You're going Knicks win tomorrow and the series. I'm on the opposite end of the UR. Well, not when it comes to well, Dallas. I, I, I'm not saying, I, I, like I said, I'm not 100%, I don't necessarily have high expectations of Knicks win the series, but I think for the odds of the bet, I would throw a couple of dollars on it just to take that chance. I don't think it's, it's a good easy. it's a good bet to make because if they win that game tomorrow, they they still set up as a team that could frustrate the Atlanta Hawks moving forward. So it is still a good bet to uh, make. I'm not disagreeing with you there. I just don't think the Knicks win tomorrow, and as a result, it would just be a matter of time before Atlanta would would wind up choking it out. And that's kind of more what I'm looking at from that sense. Uh, just to give you guys an update with the game going on right now, Utah and Memphis. Utah up 44 to 33, looking to make a pull away here uh, in that matchup too. If you're looking at that, uh, the team total overs and everything like that. Uh, if I'm trying to pull it up as we speak right now. Uh, 120 for Utah as far as the team total over. They're on pace for that at the moment. Memphis 109. I would, they're not going to make that. So you'd bet the under on that one as well. Uh, one thing about Memphis, Memphis are kind of pretty much they're the West Coast Knicks essentially when it comes down to it. Uh, they want to play ugly basketball. They got to keep it close. They don't have a ton of scoring. Well, they got more than the Knicks do. I'll say that much. But against Utah, it makes it a little tougher for that to pull out. So, Chris, so far, when you're looking through these NBA playoffs, has anything changed your mind about who you expect to win or be in the finals? Um, yeah, honestly. Um, I mean, right now, going into the playoffs, I thought the Lakers were the clear finals, um, unless the Clippers could not come off. The Clippers have definitely disappointed me. Um, I'm really surprised how they have shown basically nothing in this playoff a run that they've had, and I thought they would, you know, had a lot more hunger coming into this series. And then in the East, I think I was kind of looking at it was already kind of up in the air. I like the Sixers kind of to come out of it because of their whole you know, the versatility. But right now, the Bucks are a team you just can't, you know, sell short right now. The way that they're playing, the way they match up with a lot of these teams in the East, I think they actually have a legitimate chance. And because they haven't really been considered the, you know, the, the true contenders this year, like in the past years, um, they're kind of flying on the radar. And the holiday trade is definitely paying off for them. And they kind of seem to simplify their offense with holiday has the ball in his hands. Giannis is kind of able to get off the ball a little bit more so he can be more free-flowing. And Middleton's been able to step up. I think when those three players, when you look at the rest of the, you know, the league, or sorry, the rest of the East, other than the Brooklyn, they're the only team that can really match up with those three. And it's the Bucks actually play defense. Um, so it's it's interesting to see how that kind of, you know, moving forward, what teams can actually advance. And the East is even more wide open than I thought it necessarily was. And the West also, like I said, I thought the Lakers were the clear favorite. The Lakers have been kind of disappointing to me in a lot of ways where I thought they would kind of, you know, be a fine oiled machine by, so to speak, in a way. Especially with They Paul's needed injury. another month before these playoffs started to really be ready with what happened to them at the end of the season. That's what I yeah. think at least anyway. I mean, I don't disagree, but I think that the fact that they're still trying to figure out the rotations to a degree is kind of bothersome. And that they haven't really found that other wing scorer. Um, their team that seems similar to the Sixers. They need teams. They need, they need these guys to start hitting some outside shots that they pay money to. And the fact that they're not really doing so makes this series get a lot more interesting because you can't just depend on your bigs. You can't just depend on Bron to carry through everything for you. And especially Bron. Bron's not shooting so great either. 
So they really need somebody to kind of open up the court for LA. And I'm kind of surprised how nobody's actually been knocking down shots consistently for them. And as a well, result, you're going to have a lot of teams that have like, actually have a shot against them. Go ahead. The, the time has come. They have to move on from Kyle Kuzma because he's just, he's a waste of space at this point. Plain yeah, I'm simple. extremely disappointed by Kuzma in this playoffs. Absolutely. I mean, that's the guy I've, I've always been a big fan of. And I didn't want him to get traded for, you know, the New Orleans thing for AD, but I, I just can't believe how he's doing basically nothing right now. Him and Marquise Morris. I mean, Marquise Morris has done nothing for them right now. No, he's done nothing. The only person who's even shown up from time to time has been Caldwell Pope. That, 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 that's been it. Outside of that, no one else. Caruso does Caruso things, but he's never a guy you're going to depend on for offense anyway. It's, it's a, I, I was not, I was not, you know, this, I wasn't on the Lakers to win it this year. My two teams that I was on and hasn't changed my mind at all from what I've seen was Utah and Philadelphia. Cause here's how I think, how I see this going down. That's how I saw it going down in the first place. I think Milwaukee is going to play Brooklyn. I think Milwaukee's going to win that series. And I think the Sixers will then beat Milwaukee. That I think that's how you have East will wind up playing out in that sense. If it winds up being Brooklyn and the Sixers, I think it actually will wind up being Brooklyn going to the championship in, in, in that case. But if it's Milwaukee, and I think there's a good chance Milwaukee beats Brooklyn in that one. I, I really, really do. I think they match up really, really well with them. They frustrate them enough with the scoring. And I don't think Brooklyn's going to be able to answer on the other side playing defense. And I think the Sixers will be able to beat Milwaukee in that sense. So I, I still see the Sixers. That hasn't changed my mind. The Lakers... There's too much for them to overcome as a seven seed. Plain and simple. The deepest team, especially since Denver's had the injuries that they've had in the West, is Utah. Period. They just are. And they have talent all throughout. They can play any style of basketball. They can play fast paced. They can slow it down. They can play defense. They can hit their shots, especially with Donovan Mitchell back just in time, play, getting back to the top of his game. Uh, that, nothing's changed my mind. And I have a good amount of money riding on the Sixers in Utah, making it to the finals as well. And I'm feeling pretty good about that, not just based on what we've seen out of them, but based on what we've seen out of the other teams surrounding them in both the East and the West right now. The only other team, the only team I'm worried about when it comes, especially when it comes to the East, that we haven't seen their best ball yet would be Brooklyn. I don't know if we've seen the best ball out of Brooklyn yet. That would be my only question. But I don't think they can play defense against Chris Milton. And Drew Holiday. And I think those guys physically match up with them. And Giannis can physically match up with a KD, which a lot of teams can't say. And the Sixers, on the other hand, I think they match up, you know, talent and wing-wise with Milwaukee a lot better. Because I think they play that same style of ball, play ugly basketball. And I trust Doc Rivers as a coach more than anybody in the East right now. So I don't know what you have to say about that. I mean, I, I hear your points. I think the thing the Sixers have to show me is that they can knock down outside shots still. For them playing, that's, that's going to be an Achilles heel. Yes. Yeah, them playing Washington to me is re- isn't really hasn't really tested anything because I think they're the the perfect matchup to destroy Washington because they can throw Simmons on Westbrook. Really, Washington doesn't have the firepower to actually hang with them. They don't have the bigs to kind of hang with them. While you look at these other teams, Brook Lopez to me is a huge X factor. He's having a decent playoff run. He had had you know ended the season in pretty much a nice little run. He can knock down shots. He's big enough to kind of clog up the middle. He can block shots too. Um, I think that's where I think that Milwaukee has a little bit more um, versatility where they can present out there, especially offensively and defensively against certain teams where the Nets, like you, you know, we talked about, Blake Griffin is not going to be able to stop Brooke Lopez. Um, no. and I think th- they have a really hard time matching up with some of those guys when it comes to bigger guys, but he can't stick in Embiid. Um, and when you get Embiid shut down, you can see the Sixers actually how much they struggle to score. Tobias Harris is a great player and he can be one of their offensive threats. But other than Tobias, 
you really have nobody else that can really create their shot or score at a consistent pace. Seth Curry's been kind of banged up. They keep expecting him to kind of, you know, he'll still got to gut it out and be out there, I'd expect. But I haven't really seen Seth Curry have a great series yet. Danny Green hasn't had a great series yet. They need somebody to start knocking down shots on a consistent basis. No matter how great Coach Doc is, that's kind of caught up when he was in the Clippers when they couldn't shoot from the outside. They need somebody, in the, especially in the East, they're not score teams. They can't just play defense against the Eastern teams. Well, and the other key, too, and you started to see it a little bit more the last two games, Ben Simmons has to be aggressive. Plain and simple. He has to be aggressive. He has to take, he has to take advantage of the fact that if you're going to play that point position at your size, post the guys up. Like for somebody, please, would love a guy to teach that man how to get a hook shot. If he gets a hook shot, it's game over. Like You're not going to be able to stop him. But if as long as he continues to be aggressive offensively and he can generate offense by pushing the ball up and getting to the hole and doing that, that's where the other key comes from, too. I want to talk about Milwaukee for just a couple minutes here because I don't want to sell these guys short because coming into the NBA playoffs, all I heard was, is this going to be the same Milwaukee team? Is this going to be the same Milwaukee team? And I'm like, no, this is a different team. The Drew With getting Drew Holiday, getting guys like Brooke Lopez, they have more versatility, more ability to get more scoring from different places than they've ever had. And that's always been the Achilles. Talk about the Sixers, Achilles is going to be outside scoring. Before it was, yes, before it was, if you didn't have Chris Middleton hitting his shots, they were in trouble. That's no longer the case. It doesn't all have to be Chris Middleton anymore. That's the big key difference for the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't want to sell them short, and that's the big reason why I keep saying I think they can beat Brooklyn in a series. Yeah, and I think also you don't want to sell the short that with Giannis not having to be the, the point center in a sense for the Milwaukee, right. all you have to do is keep Giannis out of the paint and you beat Milwaukee. That's kind of all you have to do. Now I have to keep multiple guys out of the paint, including Drew Holiday, who's been, you, know, you can't guard both those guys and keep them out of the paint. So I think that's where the key to me is you can't just focus all your attention on Giannis like you could in the past. Now you have another guy who can actually handle the ball and actually can be um, a facilitator and get guys involved and the guy who, who can lob the ball to, for Giannis to finish. So I look at Milwaukee as a team, like I said, that has a lot of different pieces. Losing DiVincenzo is kind of going to hurt them because um, he's one of those guys, more athletic guy. He kind of has sneaky production here and there for you. But Pat Cunnington, uh, Brian Forbes, these are guys who actually can knock down shots and have been. So that's where I kind of feel like you look at their team and you look at Brooke Lopez especially, a guy that can actually hit threes, that's where they have kind of a lot of X factors. I agree with you there. That's going to do it for today's show, guys. Hope you all enjoyed it. Make sure you are hitting the link for the contest for free in the comment section whether you're watching us at Belly Up Fantasy or at WW. SRN Radio. Chris and I will be back next Friday from 11 to 12.30 on the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We're kicking off the Team Profile Series. Make sure you guys give a big shout-out to Chaz Flaherty. Unfortunately, we're not able to get him on the show today. We will have him on next week. Don't you worry. He'll be back. We'll be getting the bets in. We'll be, get, we'll be talking about championshipfootballs.com. Go ahead. Check it out. Try to win for that free giveaway for the free contest. I'm Dan Mater. You can follow me at BellyUpMDFFShow. You can help Chris there as well. We'll be back real soon and see you guys again next week for another edition of DC's DFS Challenge Tournament Show. Keep cashing with honor of chess. Keep cashing.